Hey peeps, Roxy Lady here. I have had an insane roller coaster of life situation. Um, number one, you know, life changing separation from an ex of 18 years, which is like losing a person that maybe like somebody died or something. And initially I was in so much shock. I couldn't, I'm telling you, my brain shut down. It had zero, uh, zero recovery for a while. I didn't realize I was talking like a crazy person initially because I couldn't pull all the pieces together. How do you imagine a life without the person that you'd already built in your brain to be with forever? It's tricky and it's, it doesn't make any sense. I think, well, it didn't, but I've hit about a year now and things are starting to kind of pull together again. I'm able to see things for what they are. I'm not living in a state of uh, stupor. And there are a lot of people who have really healthy distractions like children and or jobs or decent health where they can go for a run or a drive or something like that. And I, I never had that luxury. And so I'm kind of struggling or I was struggling to to figure out what the heck I was supposed to do. And, you know, there are all these things. People don't talk about these things all the time. But, you know, that some, some women, they lose their period because they ha don't have any idea how they're going to provide for another child because our brains work like that. Do you know some people have an insane amount of exhaustion when stuff like this happens period it's exhausting but it is it feels it leaves you empty there's nothing left there's nothing in the tank and I don't even know how people do it but like I said I don't have the glorious distractions that some people do where they're able to reboot and say hey, listen I got to take care of my kids I got to do all the things I need to do to move forward and it was horrible my body, my brain, my soul felt broken. And I, how do you, how do you recover from that? And you know, the thing is, is when you're dealing with a situation like I do, because I, I have physical issues where I'm not able to do the things that other people do. I'm not able to, I'm not able to do the recovery process like somebody else might do. I had to do this all in my brain. And then outside of my brain, I didn't realize that I had like diarrhea of the mouth for like months and months and months. And my, my friend Sarah is amazing. And all of my friends are, you know, that's what I, I started thinking about. Because at first it was all about the loss. It was all about losing this man who you, you love and you care for and you would die for. And we all make mistakes. And I, I can't, I can't clean house in that department anymore as far as he's concerned. I can only work on me. And I can't hold us accountable the way that somebody else might because we were kids and we knew each other as kids. And we, the healing process was different because there is nobody, no circle of, of existence that doesn't entail knowing 
these people in our lives are like we are grossly you know overlapped in in the same people and the same people that we love and that's everybody but at the same time when you go all the way back to when we were nine and ten years old and I love his parents I love them like they're my own and mom she's amazing she really taught me a few things and honestly she's probably the reason I have a relatively decent vocabulary that woman is a word monster but in a really graceful sweet way she really reconfigured some things for me when I really thought I knew everything also she 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 had a kindness that's different than a lot of people a giving you a giving way that's different than a lot of people she's 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 pretty selfless overall so I'm grateful for her. I'm grateful for you, Mom. I'm grateful for the time I was able to spend with Dad. I, a pops, I should say. I have my dad, who I love, and he passed away some time ago. But, you know, Pops, which is my father-in-law, he he gave me some tools, too. And there are all these pieces and all these moments and all these growth opportunities, but you can't see them. At least I couldn't for an entire year. And I really just want to be better than I was. And not necessarily, like, I don't expect to do cartwheels. I joke about it, you know, doing cartwheels next one, urgent care, just to see what happens. But I'm not even that brave. I, I want to move forward with kindness and love in my heart. I don't want to hate anybody. I don't want to resent anybody. Because that just breeds sickness. And I already have a condition. I already have MS that kicks my butt on the regular. Or reminds me every day that I am a human being. And I'm not above any of it. And honestly, God has been good to me. And people often look at me and they want to know why I'm still smiling. Even though this hard, hard, hard situation in my life it looks horrible, you know? And I, if I look back in my life, I had person to person to person that I ran into, and I, I was able to pull really amazing pieces of information, and I'm grateful for that. And there's a kindness in people that, you know, nobody takes time to look for sometimes. Maybe they don't have the same way. It's not like giving you things or buying you things or or always encouraging you but you watch their lives and you see how they make time to teach you even if they don't even know they're doing it but like I said I have an insane circle of human beings that are amazing I say my friend Sarah all the time it's because she's my best friend and my friend Holly my best friend since we were 13 years old they have been amazing for years, because I was always kind of a little wild in, in my brain. Um, I didn't exactly subscribe to, you know, an urgent behavior all the time. And my brain didn't, they're, they're both amazing planners. And I'm kind of a fly by the seat of my pants kind of chick. But then I look over to another friend who, and her name is Sam. 
And she has always been warm and loving to me. And I knew her when she was really young. And she often says that she looked at me as an example, which I think is ridiculous, by the way. But she she decided she didn't have the things that other people did to build uh, businesses or different things, not money from uh, a family that might have an opportunity to share and give you a leg up. She never had any of that. But she built her own business Shout out to Little Monsters Daycare. They do really great. They're amazing. And then, okay, I have my friend Lori, who is an artist. And everything she does, she does with all her heart. And she cooks beautifully. And she keeps a beautiful home. And she's got two really socially uh, anxious cats because they grew up in in the middle of the pandemic. So it takes a minute for them to love you. So, and cats are shitty anyway, right? But they're, they're figuring it out. She's figuring it out. And she works hard and she's a, she's a teacher. She teaches art and she makes artistic things. Everything she does looks like art, even the way that she cooks. So shout out to Lori. You know who you are and you, you really make time for me where people don't always and I, sometimes I feel like I don't deserve. I'm so lucky. I am so lucky. I'm grateful. So then we shout out to who's next. I've got an amazing sister who has a MS like I do, but she has some more abilities than I do. She's able to still move and shake and drive, which I never drove. Let's be real. And I don't miss it. Thank goodness. Because I think if I did drive, I'd probably be a little more butter. Um, she, she works through it. She fights through it. She is a, a gangster when it comes to recovering from anything, all of it. She makes up her mind how she's going to do it. And she does it. And she does it beautifully. And she did a good job raising my niece and nephew. We all pitched in because it was like a, a family thing, you know, I, I kind of Aunt Roxanne or second mom kind of, but I was more just the, the mushy place because that's how I am. But she surprises me all the time with the way that she handles things and how beautifully she, so I guess I'm just saying I'm, I lost one person in my regular life. He, thank goodness he's still alive. I don't wish him ill. I, it just took me a minute to understand how I was going to be myself without being the couple that we were for ages. So, so what do I do now? Now I rebuild. Now I figure out how I'm going to do the things that I can do and do them decent and take good care of myself because I can't do much, but I mean, I can do stuff, but I, I can't. Look at the things that I can't do. I have to move forward. I have to be the best version of me I can be. And I love to encourage. That's my gift. I don't have, you know, I I consider myself a little artistic. But, oh, by the way, shout out to Sarah, the, the friend that I talked about early on. Because she decided she was going to be an artist and she was going to draw. And this broad, she just does it. And it's great. And it's perfect. And it's beautiful. And She's so precise in the way that she does things, but it's her time. It's her medicine. She has children who she takes good care of, and she she's a good wife. She has 
takes care of her home. She works hard. But that's her time when she starts drawing. And it's for her. And when you've been a parent for 100 years like she is, you you don't pick you all the time. But by golly, that lady deserves it. And she never forgets me. She thinks of me more than I deserve. And she's right down the street. That's so crazy. Um, God is good. Life, there's hope. And, and maybe it's you don't have a situation like I do where maybe you have MS or maybe you're suffering from illness of, of divorce. Okay. But it's your job to move forward. You can't stagnate. You can't sit in sickness and sadness and madness. All you can do is be the best version of you and be grateful. If you spend more time being grateful, I think your world opens up. And like I said, it doesn't open up for me like maybe some. But I get the luxury of having an insane circle of love from the people that sometimes I feel like I don't even deserve because I'm kind of a half-asser. Not going to lie. But they're great. And they love me. And I love them. And I, it's funny because I let them know uh, obnoxiously. I'm grateful for you. I love you. You know, but it's even if it seems too much, it's better than not saying it. So you have to have an attitude of gratitude. You got to skip the batitude. And it doesn't always happen like that. It's hard. It is hard to get your head out of your butt. Because I I live there. Well, I lived there for a year, number one. But I think I was there anyway. And the funniest thing is, is even though I am moving forward in a different universe, and I, I did a podcast talking about the fine gentleman that has been sweet. And, and uh, I'm really into him. He's a good egg. So how do I, how do I, how do I gauge this? How do I make this work? How do I move forward? How do I become a better version of myself? It's just piece by piece by piece, day by day by day, morning by morning. That's what I tell people when I'm encouraging. I say tomorrow's always a new day to rethink and restart and move forward. Because, you know, you can't, you can't look back. And what I will say is, I know that God is real. I believe in Jesus, and I know that that has... I've been floating on prayers to Jesus and God from other people, like some grandparents and some people I know when I was living more crazy. And I was never obnoxiously crazy. But it was enough to where I know that I survived because somebody took time to to pray for me. So God is good, man. People around you, there's so much good. We're always looking for the negative or at least for the the argument, the contrarian conversations. And I don't need that. I'm not going to do that. But if I can encourage anybody, and and it's funny to encourage people because I, I look a little busted, but I think it's nice to be an encourager from my perspective or from their perspective looking at me. Because... If anybody's going to encourage you, you don't think it's going to be somebody who's kind of a little bit of a mess. 
but I think it does more medicine in a way. I think it takes down armor differently than other things. And I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for all the conversations, all the learning, all the people that I helped years back when when I was doing the resident service and just the resident services job that really changed my life because I, I learned what I didn't want to do because I was dealing with primarily disabled individuals and you could be a grumpy person or you could be a happy person or you could be a person who does the best they can and move forward. And it's not easy. It's not easy. So I urge you, whatever you're dealing with, whoever you are right now, and if you're hearing this, and I, I maybe you don't, maybe you do, odds are you're probably going to listen to it. Maybe not not to me necessarily, somebody's podcast, and I hope you get encouragement there. But I, if I don't have any gift, it's encouragement. And I'm grateful. And I'm grateful for the people who listen to my podcast and let me know what I could work on and what kind of sucks, um, even though it burns my biscuits. But I hope everybody is going to take a minute to consider life and consider their choices and, and be kind to people, just people you don't even think to be kind to sometimes. I obnoxiously say hi to people and ask names, of like even through the McDonald's drive-thru. Um, I want people to feel important. I want them to be the best version they can be. So, hey, maybe, maybe you hear this and you know somebody who could use it. But I'm here. And I, I'm happy to share my crazy stories or my life stories because I'm nothing if, but a talker, I, I, I've been doing it for years. I just needed a reason, I suppose. And I could do these long-winded storytelling adventures. And, and I'm excited to see how life goes. It's going to be so different, but so new and so scary and so awesome. But I had to move forward. Move forward. So like I said, if you... If you get anything from this and you think somebody would, would do well, share it. If if it's something that doesn't feed your spirit or your love tank, then don't bother. But I, I'm grateful. Attitude of gratitude. You gotta skip the bad attitude. So let's see how it goes. And I hope, I hope I'm able to reach somebody, one person. Okay, guys, I'll catch you on the flip. Until next time. Hey peeps, Roxy Lady here. I have spent the last year doing some podcasts, which are much therapy. Did some online dating, and it was a little jazzy, and some of it was crazy, and some movies are some non-winners. And then there was a few okay fellas, decent ones. But I'm there because... Because my ex left me after 18 years of a marriage. And uh, it's heartbreaking in different ways. But I'm going to take you back in time a little bit. I want you to imagine being a 23-year-old woman, recently married. And they're in this cold room. 
that is the the exam room or whatever you would call it in the middle of a neurology office and you're about to find out what is wrong with you and it's evident that something is going on in your body and it's crazy and like you've been married for two years now all of a sudden your crotch is numb what the heck that's not sexy so the neurologist comes back in after a battery of tests i'm talking about MRIs, I'm talking about spinal taps, things that you have to do to find a diagnosis, which I'm pretty sure he was pretty certain that this is what it was because there's a big old genetic monster in my life that might line up. So he comes out and he tells me, yes, Roxanne, we're pretty sure you have multiple sclerosis. Your genetic stuff and all of the symptoms, it all lines up. So, we'll go ahead and get you on some disease-modifying drugs, and hopefully everything goes well. I looked to my husband after we got in the car, because he was there with me. And I said, Jacob, if you're going to go, go now, because I don't need any bullshit. And, uh... I meant it because I watched my mom die from this disease that turns you into a prisoner in your own body. And something that really, really messed my aunt with MS up years ago. It's not pretty. So if you're going to go, go now. And of course, oh no, no, honey, I love you. And I, I know he did. I know that he felt it then, but whatever. So, uh... Fast forward to a man telling his wife in a town where she lives with his family and his family only, except for her nephew that came along with her, that he's leaving and he wants to not be with her anymore. And uh, my ears started ringing. And you know, the ears started ringing similarly to what they were doing when the the diagnosis happened with the neurologist, and I realized later, retrospectively, that's the trauma. That's the trauma in the brain and in the heart. And it was awful. So I spent another couple of months doing online dating and doing some other um, things to try to figure out who the heck I am. But I couldn't do it while I was there. So I had to. I had to move back to Colorado and be where my people are. You know? It was the best move I made. But now, there's this weird limbo moment where I don't know who I am, and he doesn't know who he is, and every now and again we have conversations back and forth, just trying to have an understanding of the other person, or if they're hurting, or if you're hurting, and where are you, this is where I'm at. And it is... Awful. Retrospective. I have a conversation and hear about a life that is no longer your own. And try to do it with grace or style. And um, you do. Until you get off the phone and it feels a whole lot like self-harm. And I realized 
on these moments over the last couple of days, I have been apologizing my ass off, even with my podcast that I had. It wasn't like I was apologizing, apologizing, but what I was doing is I was saying, hey, I'm meeting all these nice people and they're wonderful in their weird lives and the reason they're in this dating site and it, and uh, here I am and I'm, I'm being kind and understanding. But when you're dealing with your ex-husband who has made a new life without you and you hear the stories and you hear what he says and you try to be an encourager in these moments, Oh my gosh. I am a mess. But what I do know is that doing those things and talking to him and having these interactions, it's self-harm. It traumatized me over and over again. And um, I didn't come to that all by myself. I came to that after I talked to my friend who told me about her traumatic moment when she was leaving her then boyfriend and she says the problem is Roxanne you're smelling the shit and you keep going back to it I said well jeez you know you don't have to get all real on it you know whatever and uh but I didn't even know what it meant at the time but she told me the story and she says this is what happens I met this fella and we're into each other we went dancing he thought I was beautiful. It was this amazing thing. And then we were together for a couple of months. And we break up and make up and break up and make up. And then he let me know that he had a specific hope. And he let me know that he was going to go to the store and buy something so that we could have. They're called marital aids, but this is more of like, you know, early relationship aids where you're wondering just how how into each other you are, I guess. And he says, I want to go get this and I'll come back. He comes back, sets the bag on the couch. This is from her. This is her telling this story. And she says, we're making out. We're kind of enjoying each other. And then he goes and grabs the bag and he pulls out one of those things that people who are married or in a relationship might use um, to... To stimulate the marriage or the nether regions. And uh, he he was really excited. And she looked at it and she says, you know, it's a little oversized. I don't know if I'm going to enjoy that. And he said, well, darling, that's not for use for me. And so here's this girl, this woman who's telling me her story. She says, I was sitting there and I was trying to figure out if I'm that girl. If I'm that girl to do the thing that this guy is asking me, because we know what he's asking. And if you don't, maybe you're too young to even listen to this thing, and that's okay too. Um, and she's like, well, okay. I'll make it happen. And she does. And it smells awful. It smells a whole lot like shit. And it was, and this person, I was making up, making up, breaking up. That's she's saying. She's like, and then he, he had me do this. And I mean, I was just disgusted. So I was at my gym and she said that totally he was, he was into it. And I realized at that time after assessing my whole life and assessing what I was willing to do 
to entertain this guy's nerds, nerdy shit and his things that he needs, I... I shouldn't have been there doing that. For me. This is what she says. And so anyways, after that, the making up and breaking up and him doing his best to get his weasel his way back into her life, it was all for naught. She said, every time I saw his ass, I smelled like sh- it smelled like shit. And she felt like she smelled like shit. Um, can't clean that after, it takes a while. In your brain, at least. And she says, I was the best thing because he was kind of the worst for me. And she says, and Roxanne, right now, you keep redoing this. You keep re-victimizing yourself. You keep doing something that is bad for you. And in hopes to help the other person that ruined your life a couple of months ago. Keep throwing yourself back in it and smelling the shit, Roxanne. And I, I, I was trying to be borderline offended, but honestly, I thought it was hilarious. Um, the whole, like, you know, it's for me, you know, kind of thing. It was funny. So anyways, uh, he, he made it possible for her to walk away. And this was somewhere in my brain where it kicked in. I've been hearing it from people who love me. Just leave him alone. Don't be, don't try to be too nice because you're going to have to be able to heal or do whatever you need space to heal. What are you doing? And I couldn't hear it until this friend that I spoke to told me that she was asked to do a pretty gnarly thing and it was so awful that she couldn't look at this man anymore because it was so gross and it almost made her smell fecal matter. Every time she saw his face. So the cool thing is, is the analogy resonates with me. But I don't have to do all the creepy stuff that she did. But I think uh, I can get the healing from the example. I don't have to keep re-traumatizing myself. I don't have to keep apologizing for my life or my choices. I don't have to apologize for, for my disease, which I find myself doing. Making little funny comments, little self-deprecation. Self-deprecation in the wrong way is self-harm. And I'm saying this to you, but I'm saying it to me. I think it can be really hilarious and it can really be sucky depending on the moments, but I also know that I don't need any more harm. I've had a lot of trauma in my life. And... I'm doing beautifully. And the further away from trauma and reintroducing myself into trauma like a crazy person I can do better all the time, I'm gonna. I just have to believe it and know that I'm worth it and know that I I deserve more. Don't I? Yes, yes I do. So... I just know that there are these moments that happen like that and you, there's no changing them in your brain. It puts little grooves in your thinker, you know, and you just have to go that direction. And I'm glad because right now, every time I think about talking about anything about 
and the ex were with him or without him or about him. It's just unnerving. I don't have to anymore. Do I? No. No, I don't. No more self-deprecating humor. No saying something that's kind of shitty and then you're like, it's, it's funny, right? No, it's not funny. It's hurtful and it's harmful to myself, by myself. So, I think I'm looking forward to a shit-free future and doing the best I can at being a badass. And I'm not sorry for any of it. I'm not sorry about my language today. I'm not sorry about the content. It resonates with me in such a big way that if I'm going to do this podcast, I want to do it. I want to do it with the truth in my heart. And the truth that I don't ever want to smell shit like that girl did. I don't care how cute you are. I'm good. And, uh, I had that epiphany moment. It's a moment. It's a couple moments. It's a, it is a week of epiphanies. And, and it hit me like a ton of bricks when I heard this shit story. And it goes, ah. Yeah, no, I don't want to do that. That's cool. No, thank you. Uh, so, I guess what I'm saying is, is, I'm telling you my story, but I'm letting you know that you're worthwhile. Your your ability to speak things into existence in your brain is power. So cut it the hell out. And I'm going to try. No more self-harm. No more subjecting ourselves to whatever kind of negative energy or, or empty energy that somebody throws at you because they want to feel better about their decisions. It's your job to move forward. It's your job to treat yourself well. It's your job to make sure you have a, na- a noisy little, you know, uh, air filter thing in your room that drives you kind of crazy, but you know that it's cleaning the air in your space. And, and uh, you know, there's a lot of pollution in Colorado now, so I'm not hating. Also, I am going to make sure that I go get a pedicure every week, or at least every month. I can't afford it every week. I'm a fixed income, dude. But I'm going to make sure I do that. I'm going to make sure that I try to do certain things that make me feel special and important in my life instead of waiting for someone to do it for me. Someone to do it for me. So, I guess what I'm saying today is, guy, is that you're worthwhile. You have a choice. You can keep yourself from smelling the shit if you can help it. Do the best you can. Nobody's perfect. You're going to redo and redo. Because that's what we do. We're stuck on stupid. But. I. Am looking forward to life differently than I ever have. And I don't know if this is something that resonates to somebody. Like with somebody. Or give them an opportunity to see things differently or healthily. Uh, more healthy. And. But if it does, I'm glad. So I can't, I can't change anything about anything, but if I can share some of the moments or the traumas that I've experienced, it might make somebody's life a little nicer. Or they might move a different way instead of doing the same thing and sticking around and smelling the shit. 
I've done my job. And it feels like that's when the, don't smell the shit. No, (laughs) I don't know. But good luck, guys. And I I hope if you have anybody that needs a laugh a little bit or also might need to uh, get a reminder that they're worthwhile, that every day they get to choose. Every morning is a do-over, even if it's hard and ugly. So thank you guys for having a listen. And I look forward to speaking a little more openly and honestly about things without all of the, um, the comedic quips all the time or trying to not offend anybody or I want to build people up and not break them down. But I'm not trying to do that either. What I'm trying to do is build me up. And I can't do that when I'm hanging out in some shitty corners with some shitty people. So, I hope everybody is well. And I hope it, I hope it might, I hope this might be something that somebody can enjoy and or help them feel better about life in some ways. So, on that note, I'm checking out. I will catch you all on the flip, okay?